Hello everyone, my name is Matthias and welcome back to Free Shipping, the podcast where we sit down with entrepreneurs, merchants, marketers, and more to learn about their journey. Having spent four years in e-commerce and speaking to some incredible people who've inspired me, I thought, why not share these stories with my network? And hopefully these are shared even further. Today in the show, we have our third guest. And one thing, as mentioned, you'll always notice in this season is no guest is like the other. Today, we'll be talking about sweets. Very excited for our conversation today, as always, but especially because we have quite a sweet one here. It's very different. So today in the show, I have George Robinson, and he is the director of So Sweet, aka the UK's favorite sweet shop. They're a family-run business established in 2014 with seven physical retail stores, as well as an e-commerce store and a pop-up sweet shop for events. They stock a huge range of sweet products from American imported candy, snacks, soda, to pick and mix and childhood classics. They pride themselves in offering the sweetest service as well as the most competitive prices. On top of all of this, they have an impressive online presence with over 810,000 followers on TikTok alone. Through this, they've generated around 800 orders per day through the TikTok shop channel. Basically, when it comes to selling sweets, they know what they're doing and they do it like no one else. George, welcome. Hey, Matthias. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's really exciting to be here. Yeah, it's amazing to be have you here. How's the day been? Busy, I imagine? Yeah, good. Actually, like you just said in the intro, we're, we're generating around the 800 orders a day through the TikTok shop channel alone, as well as our Shopify store as well, Roblox Merchant, which is really exciting. So yeah, going out for Black Friday and, and also you know, the current current success. So, so yeah, very, very hectic. Wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> yeah, I know we've, we've had to reschedule this a couple of times because I think we tried doing it yeah. during the day and it just was like too much for the bandwidth. So I'm glad that we could get here. And we're going to touch on a few of the things in the intro from the, the pop-up shop, TikTok. I'm really curious to kind of lean into and learn a bit more. But I think it's always interesting to take a step back and learn a little bit about the inception of the company. Because you mentioned that, you know, when we first talked, this was a family run business started back in 2014. And I believe your, your ties to your family being a merchant actually went on before that. So I was hoping to hear a bit more about kind of how this all started. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we are a family run business. I wanted to say family run were essentially first, first slash second generation first in as much as it is, is me and my parents. Um, Staying on the ship, if you like, but but yeah, we we started back in 2014. Uh, my parents started the business themselves. We were originally from the West Midlands as, as a family, and, and my dad, um, my dad has been in in retail all of his life. When he, he started as a as a Saturday kid at 14 years old, and, and started his own business at 21, and, and that business was actually fruit and veg. So he grew that to to vast amount of stores, something like fifty stores with with concessions as well, um, which was which was really exciting. And then we we it kind of pivoted back in uh, back in two thousand and ten, two thousand eleven, into sweets, and that kind of came as a result of as a result of trying to add add, add to the product offering within fruit and veg and, and try and increase the basket spend, which is really interesting because we then start. I said we, it wasn't me, but we they started to see a trend. Of, of people coming in to shop for these ranges that, that weren't necessarily a main product offering. So, you know, anything from bag sweets to multi-pack crisps. So I, th- I think you know, it, it saw actually there's quite an opportunity here. You know, maybe we could introduce a bit of mix and, and, and the rest is history, really, which is quite exciting. Obviously, had the financial crash of 2008, 2009, which left a, 
a lot of prime retail locations within city centres and shopping centres um, available for uh, you know to to move into straight away, paying very little money, which which kind of gave my dad and his business partner at the time the the opportunity to really really develop the the model and the concept before bringing it down to the southwest of England in 2014 where we opened our first shop in a small village called Westwood Ho near Biddeford, North Devon on March 28, 2014, which was really, really exciting. I remember the day it opened. I, I was quite literally like a kid in a sweet shop. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And uh, I love to hear, I mean, one, it's interesting to hear that, you know, your I think entrepreneurship, it sounds like probably runs in the family. It started with your dad. You're now following in the, the kind of family Definitely. footsteps. And, you know, the fact that, you know, he was just trying to diversify. He was trying to figure out how to continue the growth of a business. And then in turn, that decision led into something that has grown into something, I think, much larger than he probably thought it would have initially. Yeah, def- definitely. And I mean, that you know, that's the, the definition of a true entrepreneur, right? You're, you're, you're dipping and diving, pivoting, and, and always trying trying something new. You almost wear you know, lots of different hats. And, you know, you're just, you're just trying to keep moving forward sometimes really and sometimes you know the, the things that you least expect to, the, to take off or to develop are the, are the ones that are the uh, the real money makers but the real um the things that really grow into in, into the bigger things so um so yeah it's quite exciting i mean i've always been surrounded by business ever since i was a little kid i'm seeing the worth ethic of my parents and the hours they'd work and you know and the, the lifestyle that came with this i which just became hooked with that. I just always wanted to be, I never wanted to be, I loved school, but I never wanted to be at school. I wanted to be at work. I wanted to be at work with my dad, even if it meant going to the, the fruit and veg market at one o'clock in the morning. I wanted to be there with him. I wanted to go in the lorry. I wanted to be doing something, you know, so to actually have that opportunity to to kind of jump in and, and get my teeth stuck into something and almost, you're always answering to someone, right? And you've got responsibilities, but to not have to answer to someone directly and, and you know, be, be micromanaged as such is, is just the best feeling in the world. Really feels like you can build something. Yeah, yeah, hugely. And that kind of, I mean, segues in a little bit because it makes sense and that you kind of explain that I think this was around you so much as a child growing up. And so you've, you know, you witnessed a lot, but I believe you went to uni and then there's a bit of time before you formally joined the business. Is that right? So I didn't actually go to university. It's a bit of a funny story. So I was still at school when my parents set up the business. But I mean, I was always involved. I was like work a Saturday, work evenings, would work all through my summer holidays, any hours I could take, you know, I wanted it. I suppose it wasn't necessarily, you know, at, at a younger age as well, I wasn't necessarily too interested in kind of like the top and it was never it was never a business i never really wanted to get involved in the business i always wanted to go out and, and do my own thing but it kind of quickly became apparent that that was that was something that i wanted to do but yeah i've always always it's always something i've been involved in something you know you know gained more and more interest in but but essentially yeah so i left school in 2018 i was actually funny enough going to university to study business with marketing and I, I didn't get into my first choice of university. And it's so ironic because the very reason I didn't get in was because I was one mark, one or two marks short, my business A-level exam. And the question that really stumped me was a five mark question on a profitability ratio. So it was a calculation on profitability that I could work out. And if I got that question right, I would have gone to university to study business and marketing. 
I think it's the best thing that ever happened to me was not getting that answer, not getting that question right and not getting the right answer in that, you know, in that ratio because my life would be completely different. So, so yeah, it's quite, quite ironic actually when I kind of go back to my old school and meet my old teachers and I've spoken at a couple of, of events as well. It's, it's quite, quite ironic when I tell that story about the fact I failed my business exam is now like the reason why I'm involved in my parents' business and, you know, we're growing successfully, which is exciting. But I actually went off and did a couple of ski seasons in between those ski seasons. I, I was in the business more as like an area manager with our retail stores. We didn't have our online presence at this point. Um, and I think it was at that point that I realized actually this is something I could really get my teeth into. And I suppose like you see the other workers of business, business, you see the challenges, you see, you also see the figures, right? But you see like the earning potential and to me, it just made, made sense. I'd seen it most of my life. I knew it inside out, you know, on an even more personal level because I lived it with my parents and I just thought it was a bit of an opportunity to pass up. So, you know, we kind of had that, that serious conversation. This is something I want to do. And, 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 and then joined, uh, joined the business full time in, in March, 2000, yeah, 2020, 2020, just, just, just as COVID started to kick off, which was um, <laughs> even more, even more interesting through some more spanners in the works. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we definitely want to touch on that. It's something that I've spoken with a lot of merchants because that feels like it was years away, but it's only really been maybe a year since, at least in the UK, it's kind of not been a thing. But that, I think it's really interesting. Like, you know, just because uh, just because a test says that you don't qualify doesn't mean that you can't qualify in so many other things. And to your point, I think uh, you you're in such a great situation now and you're learning so much in a practical way. And I think that's something that's really impactful about being an entrepreneur. And I'm going to guess that you probably know and understand profitability pretty well now relative to what that test yeah, says. Definitely. You have, you have to, right? To survive in business, it's like the number one, you know, cash flow is king, but you've got, you can't be a busy fool and you've got that money at the end of the day, especially in retail when it's, it's so, you know, the turnover is fast and you've got stock coming in, stock going out. You know, trying to grow as well when you you know trying to land new accounts and and, and go direct with you know manufacturers etc. You have to be you have to be sharp on it. But yeah, absolutely. I'm, I've always been a big one on on, on that. I'm, I, I, whenever I hire, I'm not necessarily. It's very rare that I look at a CV unless it's you know for a job within marketing or, or something that requires like certain experience. Certainly when it's when we're hiring in stores or hiring, you know, if I'm hiring for the warehouse or any aspects, I'm just more interested in the person, you know, what, what have you done that is relevant, you know, what are your skills and, and what is your attitude? Like what, what's your personality? Are you a go-getter? Are you going to go be someone that's going to get stuck in? Because that, you know, that's the kind of person I am and that's the kind of culture we have. And that's what drives success. So, you know, it's, it's quite interesting. And, and I see, I see it so many times with, with people I know or people, you know, mutual friends that I've gone to study business and then they come out of university and, and don't know what to do. Um, almost don't end up landing a, a job that they, they aspired for. And sometimes, you know, people just end up studying business because they don't know what else to study, but you know, that kind of like then creates a bit of a stigma for it. But, you know, I, I also deal you know deal with account managers and and other other job roles within other businesses that we deal with that you know are clearly graduate jobs and you know sometimes you can really tell when someone is fresh out of, of a textbook course and really doesn't understand business and you know it's quite blunt to say but 
it's not the real world and it's not you know it's not what it's not where progress happens if you like so uh, i think there's there's a lot to be said uh, education is great i very was very lucky for my education definitely i'm a better person for that but i think there's a lot to be said about someone's personality and their, their outlook and in terms of life and work if you're going to make something happen then you've got to make it happen yourself uh, you know whether it's within your career for someone else or, or or in your own business you've got to be the one to make that change you can't expect a piece of paper with a with a degree on it to um to get you to get you every door open in life so yeah strong believer of that yeah yeah no i mean i think you hit the nail on the head when it's something that i think is really true and as as a manager in the past year, you know, I've really learned on this skill versus will. And the thing is, like you mentioned, some some roles you really do need specific skills. I think a lot of people can learn them, but you might need them from the get go. But for other things, depending, it's like, you know, how hungry are you? How how willing are you to put in the hours? And then ultimately that skill will build up. It's really hard to coach someone to have a lot of will. But yeah. to, if someone has that will and a good baseline, like you can build you can build that individual up. Absolutely, absolutely. It's all it's all about the person at the end of the day. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Well, pivot a bit back to the business. So go back to briefly that that 2014 shop, and you know you relocated there. When you talked to your parents, was the kind of and we briefly touched on this, but what do you think the end goal was at that time after they opened up the first shop? Was it we might have a couple shops. It'll be a nice little side hustle. It'll take care of the family. Or were they on the opposite end where we're going to take over the sweet industry in the UK? It's funny. It definitely was the, the first option there. You know, relocating as a family to the Southwest. And I think they just wanted to, you know, open a, a open a shop, two shops, and like almost semi-retire or slow down a little bit, you know, enjoy earning a good living 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 in a beautiful part of the world and kind of spend some more time with the family. But as you know with anything, when success is there, you've got to you've got to chase it. It was evident within a couple of months of opening those those first shops. We opened the first shop in March. It was March twenty eighth, um, two thousand and fourteen. I think the second shop we opened about six weeks later. And then the third probably six months after that, I think it was so it was very obvious, like the, the the model we had worked, the areas we were in were great locations, and that was something that we had to chase, and and we soon soon kind of grew that. So I would say initially it was it was you know just to, to just you know have a nice business at work that was profitable that that you know took care of everything, and I think now the energy is like let let's grow, let's go as big and. Let's go as big as we can, as fast as we can, within reason. You know, we, we, we don't want to be silly, but you know, let let's see how far we can push this. And we've definitely, you know, definitely got longevity, and and, that, and that's what we're chasing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so you joined the business March of twenty twenty. Yes. And prior to that, was there an online presence really in the sense of trading? No, not in terms of trading at all. It was something I'd always dreamed of being kind of like from that i'm a millennium baby right so so like like growing up with the internet is always always something i've seen um, other like our competitors now actually that we're like we kind of have not afraid to say we've definitely outgrown like a lot of the ones that i looked at before you know in, in many aspects and like i'd look at those on instagram and facebook and i'd be like showing my dad like you know look at these products that, that sell these like i can build and 
I can build a site like tomorrow. We could like there's this thing called I was like there's this thing called Shopify. Like we can have a site up in, in like in a day, kind of thing. And and I remember actually I think it was 2017. I actually I was 17 at the time, and and I think we I was working some some weekend I did some weekend work in the shop. Uh, during the winter and i started building a shopify website showed my parents look we've I've just like created these gift boxes look how cool they are and like obviously that that flopped because there was no no kind of like drive behind it but it was always always something that i'd like dreamed of doing but but no in terms of online presence it was quite literally facebook and instagram uh, purely just for like kind of keeping our, our local customers informed you know it's like some new product every now and again here's our opening hours any office that we had in store at the time so it was very small i think it was a couple of thousand followers we had across the, across the platforms amazing and then so then i then COVID happened you start actively selling online and yeah talk- well, we, know, we actually it wasn't the plan at first we obviously our stores closed as, as a result of COVID. yeah although we could keep them open because we're we're selling food items we just decided that it would probably be the better move to just 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 shut them for now. So you know, I think while a lot of other people, you know, everyone that was furloughed as an employee in loads of industries, and and I think a lot of other people whose shops were closed as business owners or shopkeepers, kind of like sat sat back and had a bit of a rest. We were like straight into we we're delivering sweets locally. We we're like cooking one kilogram bags. We we're taking orders over Facebook Messenger like all day, every day, and then three of us as a family like me my dad and my sister would be like driving for like four hours each like on our route dropping these sweets around our local area it's just crazy through lockdown and then i'd come home and then like build the website which we initially launched on woocommerce so yeah we launched the website um on the 31st of april 2000 well, 2020 i keep saying 2020 april i think it's april 31st 2020 if that's oh, wow. the so we'll say either April about April thirty first, April thirtieth, and it just kind of went from zero to one hundred real quick. Wow, that is a quick turnaround from like not trading, and that's something that just so many businesses had to do. But I love to hear just the I don't really like the dorm hustle, but I love just the thought process of like we need to keep trading. We have people here who want to have this, and how can we do it? And I'm sure you look back and thinking about that time that you're driving four hours each with your family just to deliver candy. Like that's probably an etched memory and like the growth of so sweet that you'll, you'll like no one can take away. Yeah, definitely. Like it was a real, like, you know, we're in, we always say like we're in the, uh, uh, what's the word? We're, we're like at the coal face, if you like, like, you know, you're down the mines, you, you, your, your face is black and sweaty, but like you're not stopping because there's the job to be done. And, and we were really at like at the coal face, like nonstop. But it was great, you know, especially pulling together as a family. My my sister who doesn't really get involved fifty hundred with the business is uh, like she, you know, she dived in as well, which was really exciting. So like it really kind of gelled us even more. Like you say, created some like really cool, you know, really exciting memories that you know we can tell those stories. And, and it's you know no one would believe us especially with the presence we've got now in, in no way did you drive you know drive sweet around north devon for hours and hours and hours but you know we had to we had to do it you know yeah 100 percent. and then i mean 
The interesting thing is too, you know, we we had to take a few times to find a good time to actually schedule this conversation because yeah. you're wearing a lot of hats. And that's like a perfect example yeah. of where, you know, probably people wouldn't think that you're gonna be doing that. But when when you think about your kind of your time now, and I'm sure yeah. this comes in waves depending on the seasonality and other things, yeah. but where would you say kind of two prong question, where would you say most of your time is spent? And secondly, where do you think your time is spent that most people would kind of be surprised to think it's spent there? So, yeah, that's a good question. I think my time is uh, is spent most where, where it needs to be spent. And that's like quite a, like a pass-off-ish pass kind of answer, but that's the truth, really. And I kind of go into a bit more detail with that. You know, there's a lot... There's a lot of stock to be brought that we have. A, we, we carry a lot of SKUs. We're supplying our online store, the TikTok shop, which is pushing big numbers. Seven physical stores we, we distribute from our warehouse centrally. So we buy buy in stock. We direct with the, with lots of big manufacturers, the likes of Haribo, lots of different pick and mix manufacturers as well, and, and distributors. So you know we're going kind of direct to to the source, the main distributor distributed in the UK. Which brings brings like big pressures in as much as you know big mid and water quantities, seasonality of stock availability. So you know we have to make sure we have stock in the warehouse ready to be distributed to our stores, and and, and you know to, to buy our online our online store as well. And you know so there's, there's that really my like my hands are on everything that happens really whether it's printing TikTok orders in the morning to make sure like everything's going out to you know, sat down with Sophie, my marketing manager, like coming up with, you know, the, the next few days worth of social content and, and emails that are going out. But yeah, really kind of like where it's needed, just keeping those cogs turning, you know, making sure that everything's happening as it should, dealing with any problems that arise, um, which they do all day, every day, but that's just business. Um, and then, you know, just exploring new opportunities as well. And I often kind of find I break the day down to like, Normally, I'm like I normally I start work about seven o'clock in the morning. We finish in the warehouse at six o'clock, and that's where off our offices are as well. So that's kind of when the official day ends. I find, and then nine times out of ten, if I, I've got a free evening, that's like my time to like do all of what I'd call the fun stuff, the sexy stuff, like looking at those new opportunities, scrolling through LinkedIn, like chatting to people, doing things like this, having these conversations. Yeah you know, that don't almost hold back anything that's got to be done, like the day-to-day stuff during the day, which is, which is quite exciting. But I think the thing, the, the thing that would probably surprise, surprise like anyone listening about where I spend most of my time is probably like the fact that, again, it, it is where it needs to be. So for the last, well, I mean, for most of October, when we, we were spiking, Spiking on TikTok shop, I spent most of my time packing sweets into bags and then packing bags of sweets into boxes and putting labels on them. Um, and like we were working weekends, evenings, like literally 14 hour days, seven days a week. Me, my mum, my dad, our whole team, friends, girlfriends, boyfriends, families, like anyone that we could just chuck into that was getting involved. And like that's the thing, they were never too good. To do any job in the world, you know, if you if you if we if the clean if the if the toilet needs to be cleaned, you go and clean it, kind of thing. You wouldn't ask you wouldn't ask anyone to do anything that you wouldn't do yourself, kind of thing. So I suppose that's probably the thing, and that is that is true entrepreneurship. I'm, I'm there on a TikTok shop live, 
you know, and people think my main job is just packing orders because, you know, we don't really dive into that kind of any background of there. We're just there to sell. But, you know, people think that I'm there just packing orders, you know, nonstop. But then, you know, I'm on the phone to, to manufacturers, like, after trying to chase deliveries or, you know, it's just where, where it has to be. But yeah, like, we'll, we'll dive into absolutely anything, anywhere. And like, certainly in the summer, my attention was on our pop-up shop and, and working events that so we were at lots of festivals and events across all over the UK, some really big music festivals, Broadmasters Festival, Truck Festival, We Are Festival, some, some really big, really big events across the UK. So my attention was kind of there being out on the road. And then we opened our new store in Weymouth in Dorset on the 1st of August, right in the middle of the holiday season. So and that required me to be there, you know, through throughout the end of August and start September. So wherever, wherever it needs to be, wherever I need to be is, is where I'll be, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, that's the same story for any any true business owner. Yeah, yeah. You have to wear many hats, and things will come in fluctuation, and like I mentioned, yeah. waves, and so you need to work through that. Kind of like I'm very curious. One thing I want to dig into TikTok. Like, so in full, like, you know, if I go back, like I found you guys on TikTok, I can't remember when it was probably my four years. I think it was at the start of 2021 around February, because I remember you DM me on LinkedIn a couple of times because you were saying, you know, we've got a direct integration from Shopify Plus tiktok you guys need to be over and i was like we're just so busy i'm really sorry <laughs> don't have time don't have time to think about what i'm having for dinner let alone like taking a sales re- call yeah re-platforming <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but uh, no i remember that's what it and i just to me when i was a sales rep and and i was reaching out like you had you know your warehouse you had you're the ceo of the boom you had a you have like a, a good shtick that clearly your audience is um they are getting around it and so i'm just curious like how did that kind of what's the the, because it's probably a long version what's like the shortened version of how that became such a thing because now with so your tiktok shopping and others like it's become a big channel for revenue for you yeah it's huge it it really is huge we're 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 pushing six figure months to the minute um just to give you a bit of context in terms of tiktok shop Within the FMCG categories, fast moving consumer goods, we're number two within the the the, the whole category under a, a toilet paper brand, which is really exciting. And in terms of you know the unofficial sweet shop niche, we are we are definitely number one. And and that's something I like speak to TikTok about regularly. Like, where are we on the leaderboards? Because <laughs> you know I need to know where we're at, which is really really exciting. But yeah, we're, TikTok came about. We, I mean, we downloaded it and started using it kind of like towards the end of 2020. We knew it was a thing, but it was like, I think as with any new thing, it's like, oh, we should like, we should probably check this out, but like, let's focus on where the money is kind of thing. We made a couple of TikToks, like some funny ones before Christmas that blew up a little bit. So we had about like 5k followers before, before Christmas. And then it was just randomly the starts of, it was mid January, 2021. We come just after Christmas. We're we're still trading like above where we thought we would be, like quite okay actually for the time of the year. And so we had a message on Instagram from someone, "Can you fill my order and tag on, on TikTok and tag me?" So I just thought, like, okay, I've seen like this message once or twice before. Like, why don't we just do it? So we did it, and then that like it didn't blow up, but like people were it, straight away we started to see traffic and people were then buying and commenting their order number can you pack my order number so like literally the next day 
And the guy we got to do the video was uh, one of the guys that works in the warehouse, Dan, who's like the main face of the brand with, with me on TikTok. And he was like, it was to music. He was just waving, pushing the trolley, like picking out some items and then just doing like a boom afterwards, I think, or something like that. I think the boom came later. Yeah. And then that quickly grew. So I was like, next thing, like next morning, I was like, Dan, like, we're posting a video, like, and it, and it was, you know, comments all of your order numbers and we'll pick it, we'll post every one on TikTok kind of thing. So we were posting like 40 or 50 videos a day, like at first, picking up orders. But the traffic was just like insane and insane, insane. To the point where we were coming into, I think it was like mid-February, we hit like a peak when I think we placed like 900 orders in one day wow. uh, through the website. And this is at like a 15... I mean, our average order value is like £30, but I mean, I think at that volume, we're like anywhere between 15 and £25. So like, they weren't just like small orders, for like sweets. So uh, they was big and it was just huge. And we started posting more, more and more content. And it, it's when we then started replying to comments when people were saying, can you show me the American cereal? Can you show me this? Can you show me that? The things just really picked up and the rest is history. And I think in the, the month of March, we, 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 we did a record, record number of, sales we were pushing like six figures a week in sales which was like insane really so yeah that 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 came about and then tiktok shop is is quite recent and something that we're very much dominating at the minute which is really exciting it's amazing and i think it's it's a really good everything you just explained is a really good example of really listening to either your customer or your audience that is there mm. and then like feeding into it because like you saw the the effect of it, someone asked for something, you said, let's go for it. And then it just ballooned and you did another thing and it ballooned. And as we know, and you would know this better because you're, you're doing it through your channels, but trends can come so quickly and trends can also just even be on your own channel. Like you can have your yeah, own trend that your audience is following. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and on that note as well, trends like go as quick as they come. So I think like it's, you know, we we're talking about, you mentioned earlier about, you know, when you're wearing different hats and, and things come in, in waves and, you know, and, and like all at once kind of thing, you know, when those waves do come, whatever it is, like you've just got to ride it. You've just got to, got to be up the rest of that wave and just try and run in front of it. And that's where, like, that's where real like growth can, can really happen. Um, certainly in like the viral world of TikTok and social media. And, and that's why, you know, that's where we've coined the term the UK's favorite sweet shop because, like, we are one of the biggest sweet shops in on, on TikTok in the UK in terms of following. But it's bigger than that for us because all of our competitors in that space are all majority, if you like, are online only. Or they have, like, a couple of stores and then have, like, latched TikTok shop on you know, as, as a result of everyone, you know, every launching and everyone else's success. But... You know, no one, no one does it like we do. You know, our, our online service is great. Our content is like, I mean, I'm going to be biased, but our content is is the best by far. We're fun, we're engaging. We don't dive into all of the, you know, we get questions all the time. Who's the owner? Who's, you know, who does this? How many hours do you, do you work? All of this. But, you know, we, we just steer clear from those because at the end of the day, we're there to sell speaks and that's what makes it so much more interesting. Everyone thinks that Dan is, is my boss. <laughs> <laughs> and it really, like it really really doesn't bother me whereas we see so many times egos come in and on these platforms and people you know want to dive into numbers and the ins and outs and you know or, or, or speaking about the car they drive or something like that and it, it just doesn't it just kills the whereas when we're on there it's all about 
us, the brands, the products we're selling, the deals that we've got and the service that we can deliver, which is, you know, which is really exciting. Yeah, exactly. And I think the thing is, like, if people want to know more or hear about that more, the other business side of it, then, you know, that's where conversations like this come in. But I think when yeah. you're engaging with an audience and that they're there for everything you just mentioned, the brand, the personalities, you know, seeing because they feel like they're getting to know you and Definitely. people can have their assumptions. That's what it's all about. And, you know, just like most people in, in business will, will know or, or, you know, only takes a, a search on somebody's house to find out who's in charge, is, you know, for example. So all of that information is public information. If you know where to find it, you're going to find it. But when it's when we're on those channels, it's all about the audience, the products that we sell. And we see it as well in our stores, people all the time, you know, in our, in our group chats with the stores, they're messaging like with people are coming in asking about George and Dan from TikTok or is Dan here or I've seen this product on TikTok, can we get it in store? We push it in store and then like it's like a bestseller straight away, which is like, it's just, it's really exciting to see like, it's like direct, almost like the direct validation that is when the creates all the negativity on on social media you know everyone living for likes and stuff but when you see it happen like in in terms of business that's 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 the most exciting thing yeah yeah so yeah i mean tiktok obviously it's a huge technology provider now in this space and we're talking a lot about how uh, merchants can use it and engage when you think about technology now and given the business historically was retail focused you've really brought it online i think you've done a lot in changing how technology plays a role in so sweet when you think about technology is it about finding the, the next greatest thing? Is it about staying safe and just kind of doing what you know? How do you view technology overall, I guess, when it comes to the growth of the brand? It's a really interesting one. I think it's a combination of both things you just said there. I think you see it so many times with businesses or people, or I'm a sucker for it myself sometimes, and you're getting shiny object syndrome, like you always want the next best thing. And then, you know, like, for example, you replatform or, in some aspects and then you think oh my god like this is better this other thing would have been better like let's do that and you can just just go around in circles just constantly just trying to make things better but i think it's about finding the right combination right i think you need to break down what do you need to achieve can be automated like what is costing you money really and then finding a solution that's going to fit that and no no solution out of the box is going to be perfect right and a lot of things are a lot of systems and, and processes are, are only as good as A, the data you give it and B, the people system that's carrying it out. So I think that's a really, really important thing. But I think, I think that's the main thing, you know, finding where your costs are, where you can save money and time and, and, then, and then in turn offer a better customer experience, whether it's shipping or faster, or faster orders, shipping orders faster, you know, giving better customer service, anything like that. I think it, I think that's, really important to factor in without kind of chasing the next the next best thing all the time yeah yeah it's a really good shout and so as we kind of come to the end of our conversation i'm curious what's in the future for so sweet i mean i feel like you know from your end you're just at the tip of the iceberg for where this might go so what when you think about what you want to do in the next six to 12 months that you're comfortable sharing depending on trade secrets what does that look like yeah no definitely so i mean we just opened our seventh store and we're obviously booming on TikTok shop right now and, and online as well. So 
we, we obviously want to push TikTok shop as far as we can, push our online presence as far as we can. We've been a plus, a Shopify plus merchant since April, and we've definitely not dived into half of the half of the features that we should be using that are available to us. For example, I literally launched my first first Shopify script this week, <laughs> which is like crazy because it's something it's doing something that we should have done ages ago. But you know, time doesn't always allow it. But yeah, I think like really making making that side of things bigger and better. And then of course we'd love to we'd love to open a couple of more shops. You know, the summer is really where we where, where we do well. So the pressure would be on to try and get that to get anything open before before next year. But we've got a couple of things in the works. Nice. That, that uh, we just we've just launched an app as well, actually. I launched I launched an app with Tapart yesterday, which has been a pleasurable experience to 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 launch. So so that's quite exciting as well. Lots I completely forgot about that. Lots going on. That's huge. Okay, well then everyone will have to check out the app. Is it already live on the yeah. App Store and everything? Yeah, it, it is live and we're shouting about it. So it's on the App Store, it's on the Apple App Store, Android App Store. You can download it. We're doing early access to Black Friday deals next week on the app as well. I say next week because we we're recording in mid-November. <laughs> so we're all, all, gear, all gearing up for that. So um, yeah, that is actually quite huge, but something that's just kind of like happened as, um, as we move on like... Yeah, that's amazing. Well, uh, yeah, it'll be past by the time that people are listening to this, it'll be past Black Friday. But I might follow up with you and maybe share with some of the listeners anything that you learn from that. My last question that I'm asking every uh, every guest on the show is, you know, when you're done and retired, and that could be on a beach, that could be in Devon, that could be in a ski resort. Everyone has a different opinion of what idea of where they want to retire. But what do you hope? you've achieved from both a business perspective and also just personally? I, I, when I read this question, I really, I really liked it. It really gets you thinking. I think professionally and in terms of business, I mean, there's lots of goals, you know, that we set ourselves, right? Like, and we've definitely, you know, we've coined the, top, the UK's favorite sweet job, but, you know, I'd love to be the market leader, you know, when it comes to, when it, when it comes to retail in the sweets industry. And I definitely think it's possible. We're approached all the time to franchise and, and there's opportunities there. And, and there's, there's tons of things that we, we can be doing just about, you know, prioritizing what's right. So, you know, I'd love to achieve greatness in terms of numbers of stores opening, online sales and, you know, kind of like market share there, which is something that we're working towards actually anyway. But I think in terms of personally as well, I think, I think like, being an entrepreneur and, and running your own business and especially like you know with your with your family and in a family run business as well it's really like it's really easy to burn yourself out it's really easy to like just focus on work i mean i go to the pub with my parents and we joke that that's our board meetings because um, <laughs> the time we kind of decompress and then talk about work you know but like minor like, like operational like logistical way it's like oh you know we, we talk about all the you know all the all the, the rubbish you don't want to talk about during the day kind of thing i think like that would be the, the most important thing to me is like to to like have fun with it like you know i wake up every day and like i'm, I'm really excited like, i love getting to work i love doing what i do and i love everything that comes with it you know whether that's working 14 hour days seven days a week packing sweets into bags it's all it's all part and parcel but i think like to look back and think you know I worked really hard, achieved lots, but also lived a great and happy life, I think is like really important. And I like, we often, 
often joke like as a family when we've got a holiday booked or we've got plans ourselves we say like you know we could really do without going or we really wish that we weren't going away at this time but my dad always keeps me ground and say the thing is you've got to do these things because if you don't you'll just end up working all of your life and i think that's really important because you work really hard but it's got to be for something right you've got to got to work hard and, and play harder so i think it would be would be nice to look back and think you did really 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 well worked your socks off and did your best but you know and achieved loads but also lived a great and happy life and you know and, and come up with you know with all the usual niceties that you have in life yeah yeah i could not agree more which is quite cliche but <laughs> but i mean there's a reason it's a cliche it, it, it exists because if you spend time doing something you don't enjoy then you're and that's where you spend so much of your time in life how can you really be enjoying yourself exactly exactly so i think those are very wise words to end on so george really do appreciate the time i'm glad we get worked out and yeah excited to see where so sweet is going to go in the future and that was george from so sweet from being fruit and veg merchants to delivering sweets around the devon area to now having seven retail stores and blowing up on tiktok another phenomenal story. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week where we speak with a merchant who offers a product that every baby needs and many parents too often throw away.